God did not create cookie-cut Christians to look the same, think the same, sound the same. God is an artist who created humanity out of his divine artistry. So yes to disagreeing with people, but no to diminishing people where we only see them as objects that we interact with. Hey, this is Charlie Stumbaugh, the lead pastor of Cornerstone Church, Colorado. Thank you for being with us today. Be sure to subscribe for our weekly content to encourage your faith. Let's listen in as Pastor Matt brings the message. Hey friends, welcome to Cornerstone's podcast. I'm so glad to be with you guys again. Uh, This week is going to be week four of our four-week series on faith and politics. We began this series by symbolically pulling up a chair to a common table where we could engage in a conversation surrounding the political climate in our country and how we as Christians can be and should be involved. Pastor Charlie always talks about how each of us has a side dish to bring to the buffet. And without our contribution, our part to the buffet, something is missing. It's like going to a buffet and the ice cream machine is is broken. Something is missing when we are not a part of the conversation, and that involves politics. In this episode, we are going to be looking at civility and political culture. When we engage in politics, whether it be through voting or conversations with a friend, we choose civility or chaos. Since chaos begets chaos, we should choose civility when participating in the political world. You see, civility is being polite and courteous in our actions and in our words when in the public square. In 1 Peter chapter 3, it gives us a picture of how we should interact with people, and I believe this can be applied to how we engage in politics. Starting in verse 9, it says, Don't do wrong to anyone to pay them back for the wrong they have done to you. Or don't insult anyone to pay them back for insulting you. Now, this should have been read um, before each one of the debates, right? It goes on, it says, But rather, we should ask God to bless them. Do this because you yourselves were chosen to receive a blessing. Verse 10 says, the scriptures say, if you want to enjoy true life and have only good days, then avoid saying anything hurtful and never let a lie come out of your mouth. Stop doing what is wrong and do good. Look for peace and do all you can to help people live peacefully. So why does civility matter? Civility is another word for respect, and all people deserve to be shown respect. Why? Well, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 27, we are told that mankind was created in the image of God. If we look in Matthew chapter 7, verse 12, Jesus says, 
Here is a simple rule of thumb guide for behavior. Ask yourself what you want people to do for you, then grab that initiative and do it for them. Add up God's law and the law of the prophets, and this is what you get. God's law requires us to think of others, to show love and respect. It's not an option. If someone is aggressive towards you, well, Matthew chapter 5, verse 39 encourages us to turn the other cheek. In fact, Scripture says, no more tit-for-tat stuff. Live generously. To live generously, we have to think generously of others. Respect is recognizing someone's value and dignity. When we don't respect people, or when we lose respect for people, we stop seeing the value in them. We begin to see them as objects instead of seeing them as children of God, created in His image. You know, philosopher and former president of Fuller Seminary, Richard Mao, he once said, To be good citizens... We must learn to move beyond relationships that are based exclusively on familiarity and intimacy. We must learn how to behave among strangers, to treat people with courtesy, not because we know them, but simply because we see them as human beings like ourselves. When we learn the skills of citizenship, Aristotle taught, we have begun to flourish in our humanness. If civility is important, we need to understand what the opposite of civility, the opposite of respect is. The most extreme manner of opposition to respect is hatred. But if not treated, your discouragement can become disdain. Martin Luther King Jr.'s mentor, Howard Thurman, believed hatred needed to be completely removed from the society or from the heart of society. Our country, and often the church, has not succeeded at this yet. When it comes to politics and political issues, we often revert backward in our thinking and dealings with people. I think we do this because we ascribe a person's political opinions with their identity. Again, disregarding that they were created in the image of God as a child of God. Knowing that hatred is a sickness that plagues our society, Mr. Thurman identified a four-stage process that people go through in developing hate. He said it often begins in a situation in which there is contact without relationship. He said that our modern life is so impersonal that there's always opportunity for the seeds of hatred to grow. Even with so much connection through social media, we live at a disadvantage in connecting with people because we are not Living life together, it creates a warped perspective of someone's life. In those cases, we are only living out 
pictures of their life. We're not living life with them. Now, we, we all know people like this. You might even be this person. Right? Their social media life says, I'm blessed, I'm blessed, I'm so blessed. They only quote scripture or they re, uh, repost amazing quotes about life. But when you run into them at City Market, you know, they look like their life is in ruins. Or the, the person who only complains on Facebook, they're always sick, always struggling, always sad, but you know how blessed they really are. Friends, without real relationships with people, we cannot develop a real understanding of who that person is or why they believe what they believe or vote the way they vote. Howard Thurman said the second step in establishing hatred is when we are confronted with one another but are never really in a position to be with one another. We are close enough to see that person, to observe them, but never truly invested in their life to develop a clear understanding of who they are. This can be found in social media relationships as well as casual relationships within our community or within our church. It's the perspective of, I see you, but I don't know you, and out of that, I'm going to develop an opinion about you. The third is when this opinion that I have of you, um, developed based on insufficient evidence, begins to show itself through ill will towards another person. This is our thoughts. It's where our thoughts begin to impact our heart. And the fourth stage that, that uh, Howard Thurman talked about, he said, is when our ill will becomes our actions. This is where our thoughts, our heart towards someone begins to manifest itself in words and actions, spoken to someone and spoken about someone. This is how the divisiveness between different political parties takes root. This is how that divisiveness develops into hatred in our heart. We have allowed popular opinion or political rhetoric to sway our view towards someone we've never really developed a relationship with. We are trying to be politically correct and say, well, I just strongly disagree with that person, but our heart feels hatred. You know, in the Message Bible, in 1 John chapter 4, verses 20 and 21, it reads, If anyone boasts, I love God, and goes right on hating his brother or sister, thinking nothing of it, he is a liar. If he won't love the person he can see, how can he love God he cannot see? The command we have from Christ is blunt. Loving God includes loving people. We, we've got to love both. You see, we cannot love someone with hatred in our heart. We cannot respect someone with hatred in our heart. We cannot represent Jesus in our community if we have hatred in our heart. 
Yes to disagreeing with people, we should. God did not create cookie-cut Christians to look the same, think the same, sound the same. God is an artist who created humanity out of his divine artistry. So yes to disagreeing with people, but no to diminishing people where we only see them as objects that we interact with. So how do we live out civility within our political culture? We can do this in three ways. First, we can show civility by listening. We should enter the political arena because we want to help people. That should be our motivation. Last week, our conversation weighed heavily on how we talk to each other, the conversation we enter into with someone, and the conversations we have about someone. We can show respect and love through our words, but a conversation is a two-way street. It's about giving and receiving. And a great way to show respect for someone is by listening to them. If we want to help people, we need to listen to what they think, what they believe, what they feel, and what they need. Best-selling author, social media influencer, and activist, Bryant H. McGill, he said that one of the most sincere forms of respect is actually listening to what another has to say. Respect is not simply shown by the words we use. Respect is given when we truly listen. Back to 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, it tells us that we should ask God to bless others. We shouldn't do wrong to those who treat us wrong. We shouldn't pay insult with insult. We should pray that God would bless those who think differently than us, act differently than us, live differently than us. By praying blessings on others, it changes the intent of our heart. You see, to curse someone is to wish ill will on them. But when our heart is aligned with God, we can only want what is best for them. And as we build relationships with people, as we look for and pray for their best, our ears need to be open to what they have to say. Roy T. Bennett, he's the author of The Light in the Heart, he said we should listen with curiosity. I love that. We should listen with curiosity, speak with honesty, act with integrity. He goes on and he says, the greatest problem with communication is when we don't listen to understand. We listen to reply. When we listen with curiosity, we don't listen with intent to reply. We listen for what's behind the words. The act of listening shows that you value the other person's opinion, even if you disagree with them politically, economically, socially. How can we have a conversation with someone if we have never listened to them? How can we intercede in prayer for someone if we have never listened 
to them. To live life together, we need to listen to each other, no matter if we agree with that person politically. The second way that we can show civility is through humility. As we listen to people, as we interact with people, we need to remember to have humility in our conversations, in our actions and reactions, in our heart. Verses 10 and 11 of 1 Peter chapter 3 says, The scriptures say, if you want to enjoy true life and only have good days, then avoid saying anything hurtful and never let a lie come out of your mouth. Stop doing what is wrong and do good. Look for peace and do all you can to help people live peacefully. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 2 says, Be humble, be gentle. Be patient. Tolerate one another in an atmosphere thick with love. Politics can and will bring out the worst in people. We've seen it, right? We've seen it throughout the debates. We've seen it in interviews with the presidential candidates. We see the different political parties try to destroy the other person or the other party by their words and actions. They are saying hurtful things. They are lying. They are doing what is wrong. Friends, we cannot allow this kind of activity to infiltrate the church or to infiltrate our lives. We need to be humble. We need to humble ourselves when it comes to other people. Professor John Inazu with the Washington University Law School He says that humility reflects the limits of translation and the difficulty of proving our deeply held values to one another. Humility also recognizes that our human faculties are inherently limited. Our ability to think, reason, and reflect is less than perfect, a limitation that leaves open the possibility that we are wrong. On December 4th of 2019, Psychology Today wrote an article on humility entitled, What Makes Someone Humble? In this article, it said, most researchers suggest that humble people have an accurate view of themselves, acknowledge their mistakes and limitations, are open to other viewpoints and ideas, keep their accomplishments and abilities in perspective, have a low self-focus, and appreciate the value of all things, including other people. Proverbs chapter 11, 2 tells us that it says, when pride comes, shame is not far behind, but wisdom accompanies those who are humble. We cannot be proud people. Pride leads us to hurting other people. Instead, we need to think less of ourselves, listen to others, and live peacefully. Friends, we need to strive to have humility be a part of our everyday life, every conversation, every political view. So how do we 
show civility in in our political culture? Well, again, first, we, we need to listen to other people. Secondly, we need to have humility. And third, we can show civility through hope. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23 says, we must hold on to the hope we have and trust God to do what he has promised. During the anticipation leading up to the Supreme Court ruling in favor of integration in the bus system in the United States, Martin Luther King Jr. encouraged the black community saying that this would place upon us all a tremendous responsibility of maintaining, in the face of what could be some unpleasantness, a calm and loving dignity befitting good citizens. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 3 reminds us that our endurance is inspired by our hope in Jesus Christ. Dr. King understood the struggles that would come with integration on buses, but his faith was grounded by his hope in Jesus. His faith in Jesus and justice is what gave Dr. King the strength he needed to be engaged in the political arena, to see civil rights emerge for the black community. In the midst of injustice, Civility doesn't always seem to fit. Why fight for change when we can repay wrong for wrong, insult for insult? Why work so hard when we can use riots and degradation to try and get what we want? Friends, our hope in Jesus helps us to persevere in life's struggles as we work toward a peaceful tomorrow. Romans chapter 5, verses 3 through 5 says, We celebrate in seasons of suffering because we know that when we suffer, we develop endurance, which shapes our character. When our character is refined, we learn what it means to hope and anticipate God's goodness. And hope will never fail to satisfy our deepest need because the Holy Spirit has given to us says the Holy Spirit who was given to us has flooded our hearts with God's love. Friends, when it comes to politics, you should not hate, you should listen with love. Don't retaliate, show humility, and hold on to the hope you have, knowing that God will do what he has promised. Our political engagement must be done with civility. We can hold on to hope and have the best intentions for those we disagree with politically. We can look for the good in our political opponent's argument. We should avoid manipulation and deceit. And we should make sure our political engagement begins with civility and is grounded on God's word. Galatians chapter 5 verses 13 and 14 says, it is absolutely clear that God has called you to a free life. Just make sure that you don't use this freedom as an excuse to do whatever you want to do and destroy your freedom. Rather, use your freedom to serve one another in love. That's how freedom grows. 
For everything we know about God's word is summed up in a single sentence. Love others as you love yourself. That's an act of true freedom. Friends, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the freedom you have given us as followers of Christ. God, that you have freed us from our past. You have freed us from the mistakes we have made yesterday, even today. And God, you have brought us into a life that is full of your glory and your goodness. God, I pray that as we are engaged in our political culture, God, that we would choose civility over chaos. Lord, that we would say no to the hatred that is presented to us. And God, that we would love people, that we would listen to them, that we would show humility, that we would would love people the way you have loved us. God, and that we would rest in the hope that you have promised to us. Lord, thank you for the freedoms we have in this great country to love people, to interact with people, to serve people. I pray that today, God, we would continue to live out that kind of life everywhere we go today. We love you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Friends, thanks for tuning in to this podcast. I hope you have a blessed day. Hey, we are so honored that you are with us today. Remember, subscribe to the show and check out our website at cornerstonechurchco.com for more resources.